Once again, we begin talking paragraphs in a somber note, this time not from personal loss as we did in the 90-minute discussion of the loss of my mom, Joyce Rogers, at the end of November last year. This time it is a public loss in a school shooting in Perry, Iowa, about 40 minutes away from where I live in Des Moines. A 17-year-old entered the Perry Middle and High School campus shortly before the start of the second semester around 8 a.m. He shot and killed a sixth grader, shot and wounded several others, including uh, a principal, uh, two administrators, and uh, or staff members and four students. So this is Talking Paragraphs, and we are here with myself. I'm the old paragraph stacker, Daniel Finney. I spent 27 years in newspapers before I got laid off in 2020 and have been a teacher for the last two years. And with us on the line is my best friend and co-host, the man who refers to himself as the bearded beast, Tyler Teske. But first we begin on the somber note of the just horrible, horrible, horrible violence at Perry High School. 17-year-old kid showed up for school or I don't know if he was, anyway, he came to school with a gun, a shotgun and a hand or gun, shot, I guess, four kids, five kids, killed a sixth grader, shot the principal three times and two other administrators, and then killed himself, shot himself. Um, I don't, I, I don't even know what you... I I know how I used to look at these things, which is as a, was as a journalist, which was you know, who do you talk to, and how do you make how do you give this a sense of scope and proper proportion? I don't know that the news media worries about proper proportion anymore as much as they do emotional manipulation of people and uh, faux facts. Like, uh, I'll get into that in a second, but I now look at this as a teacher. And as it happened in the middle school I work out, work at, there was a lockdown on the same day of the Perry shootings. And the kids are typically not plugged into the news, but like somebody, somebody knew, some of them knew. And so, so it's like the facts would become distorted and inflated and the number of people shot or the number of people who were killed was out of and then of course everybody knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody but nobody really knew anything from the kids yeah. point of view. we had one of our teachers his mom worked at the school 
and had two siblings who go to the school. And so she had gone to take care of them, but uh, they were not hurt, uh, at least not physically. Um, but I just remember thinking during quiet moments in the day, I'm like, well, if, if this were to visit upon me, which I know intellectually is rare, like, mm -hmm. like nearly impossible. It's, I know that intellectually I'm more likely uh, to get in a fatal car wreck, statistically speaking, than I am for this to happen at my school. But because it happens sometimes and because it is looms so large in our culture, um, I do think about it. What would I do? I mean, we have plans. We have drills. We have plans. We have all the stuff you're supposed to have. But I think... Uh, sorry for everyone who wants to laugh. We'll do that in the second statement segment. But uh, the, I think, am I fast enough? Am I fast enough to get the door locked and the, and cover the windows and open the blinds so the police can see where we are? And am I fast enough to get the kids into their hiding space? Am I fast enough to get between the gun and the kid if somebody gets into the room? uh you know you know will i be fast enough or brave enough or strong enough to charge that person if they're clearly going to hurt people and make sure that i buy them whatever time my life buys them to to get out of the building or to get away or run or whatever and these are horrible thoughts and i know again i know logistically it's logically it's not likely to happen like all of the, like it's, you're not likely to be murdered. All of these things that we think about a lot are not likely to happen uh, to us, but they do happen. And on, on a day like that, when it's, and, and we know it wasn't just Perry this month, last year in January, a friend of mine who runs an alternative school uh, a kid came into the school and shot him and shot two other kids. And my friend, Will Keeps, he survived with the two other kids. Uh, the two kids that were shot died. Uh, and then there was a shooting out at, out front of East uh, like the year before in 2022. So that's a lot relative to our population as a metro, I think. But I was wondering, because, you know, the news reaches you and, you know, one of your daughters spends some time at uh, Ames High School and, and uh, you know, I assume there's less danger of a, a school shooting for being homeschooled, but I, you know, just, just depends on how things go that day, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, uh <clears throat> What what do you think about like as a dad when you're in that situation? I mean, not that you've been in that situation, but just when these things happen. Well, I mean, so three years ago there was some, some something going on. So first of all, the school district has greatly improved the way they they uh, communicate, which I'm really appreciative of. Um, and they're the 
part of that, I think, is just, you know, learning and getting better. And part of it is, you know, people making concentrated efforts and that kind of thing. But three years ago, there was something going on, or at least a rumor of something going on. And, you know, we just, I'm less than a mile from the high school. So I just shot over there and picked up Eliza and went home. And uh, we just told her to come outside and get in the car and let's go, you know, kind of a thing. We texted her and and uh, then we told her what was going on. And it turned out not to be anything, but um, it was not. But we were like, well, if I can, I should, right? I'll just go get her, right? Um, I think now I think about it a little differently, but I mean, if I had the opportunity to get my kid, obviously I would want to, right. You know, um, if I knew something was, was, was happening, but part of it is you have to, you have to just know that there's no way you can prepare for some of these things from my end of things. Um, and live your life like that. You can't, you can't sit yeah. anywhere and think, well, what if the worst happens? Because then you're all just going to stay in your house like it was the pandemic. Like, right. it it's like you can't live your life on constant high alert because we're not soldiers <laughs> and we're not in country, so to speak. So right. if you have to, it's a matter of life and death. But every day actually isn't most of the time a matter of life and death. And that's part of the reason why these things resonate so much is because, one, it involves children being right. So sometimes by other children which is it's just unthinkable because we think of children as if not innocent at least i don't know not capable of that kind of uh yeah i, I think hate or yeah illness or whatever is going on there you think it's you think because they're smaller the the problems are smaller, which is a mistake. I, not you personally, but just in general, right. which is probably right. a big mistake. But I uh, think there's there's a lot of things happening. So I was going to say one other thing is, you know, I sold life insurance for three years. Yeah. And um, that really changes your perspective on the world when, uh, especially if you ever have to actually deliver a, a, a check or help somebody with a death claim or, you know, whatever. And uh I was pretty morbid for about three to six months till I kind of just came to terms with the fact that like, this isn't weird. People die and that's, and that's reality. And we should quit pretending like people don't die. And that gets us in a healthier spot to really think about it in a, in a way that makes more sense. Um, uh, but uh, so, but the other thing I was going to say is, um, yeah, now I forgot. I apologize. I, oh, that's all right. What were you? You were. Oh yeah, you can't live your life in in constant fear, and um, it's. I think it's important that people think about things mm-hmm. and think about like so. I think one of the really good things that they do in schools is they say we have a plan, right? Unfortunately, we have a plan for something that we wish we didn't have a plan for, but we have a plan. Right. You have a plan for what's supposed to happen in your classroom, right? Yes. So the fact that you have one and you could do things, regardless of how fast it happens, regardless of how many of the things you remember to do, right? You have a plan and it's something that you, you've thought through and you could ex- execute on at least to some level, right? 
And I think a lot of a lot of these things, you know, what is your plan if something goes goes awry? Doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of time thinking about it all the time, but what is your plan? What you think through some things and um, you know, no, okay. Like on lesser men, like in elementary school, they always you went through fire safety week. Mm-hmm. Go home and like, what are the safe exits from the house if there's a fire? Right. Here, you know, I remember having to draw like a map of the house and like how to how we would get out if there was a fire in the hallway or whatever. Right. Uh, you know, uh, and talk to my parents about it. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, I. I, it doesn't I, change the, the the dramatic nature of it and the, no. and the fact that it's 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 rare but it's 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 lethal right like that's there's there's no in between when these things happen you know it's, either either it doesn't happen or somebody dies you know that's that's a really hard i think that's the one of the hardest things about it there's it, it doesn't it doesn't have this spectrum of things that happen yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get into the gun debate. I, I will just say this. I think that the way our national conversation goes on about guns is dumb. Because it, and I think that as people who are almost 50, I think it's certainly how we look at guns and why we have guns and why we don't have guns has changed so much in my lifetime because I never heard anyone in my life. And I had parents who had survived the great depression and who grew up with guns as a need to to help, you know, hunt for the, for food and stuff. And, uh, and then I had parents who were in world war II. not my mom, but my dad was, he didn't, he was in the Navy. He didn't ship out overseas. He loaded ships in Florida, but you still, they, you have firearms training. Mm-hmm. I never heard any of those people talking about how they needed a gun every day and with right. them. But now it's not hard to find someone who will make that argument. And as the laws are interpreted, that's their right. And I'm not going to argue about whether that's correct or not, because the facts of the matter stay the same, regardless of what I choose to get upset about or not. Uh, But so I just think we talk about guns stupidly, and that goes for people who want gun control and people who don't want gun control. Because we, when these things happen, we lose our sense of perspective. I am saying that we should accept what happened in Perry or Sandy Hook, or any of the other umpteen places where mass shootings occurs as a consequence of freedom, or nor we should accept them as just uh, a part of the way of American life. Because we know uh, in smaller and countries that are smaller but still have similar governing systems, this doesn't occur. So we should be able to figure something out if we are able to set aside our, our greediness yeah. and that's what drives most gun discussion is greediness and not things. I don't want to get into that. I don't yeah. want, I've already said more on it than I want to. Yeah, no, I, 
I, I, I agree. I think, I think we could have a much healthier discussion on, on that aspect of things. And um, I, I think we should also, I, w- I wish we would differentiate a little more about what transpired um, between one event and another. You know, there's some who's like, everything's all the same. I was like, well, maybe it was and maybe it wasn't, you know, like the thing at East as, as an example, mm-hmm. wasn't a school shooting per se. It was like gang violence, right? Students. It involves yeah. students. They were students. Again, they're not saying anybody deserved to die because they right, did. Right, 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 right. But both of those shootings that I mentioned from the previous two years did involve gang-related stuff. The one right. at, at Will's school and the one outside of East. They were both... This is not to say anybody deserves to die, but they weren't. But when we, when I say shooting, a school shooting, we think of something more like what happened at Perry, where right. someone comes into the school with a gun and starts shooting people, uh, like a Columbine, nineteen ninety nine, right? And, uh, and I, I feel like there's a, they're both terrible. The solutions that we might be able to implement to try to deal with some of those things are different in those two instances. And that's the, I think that's, that's a, a difficulty that, that we struggle with when we talk about these things is there may be different solutions to deal with different aspects of the problem. But I, I yeah, I, I just don't want to get into the, the gun thing other than just to say um, the what I'll leave it alone beyond that but i agree with what you're saying about how all of the every because there are different ways that people kill each other under different circumstances it's easy right. to them all together. Right. Uh, and um and, and that's but that's one of the things that 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 um that hurts the debate or the discussion about what are possible you know ways to get from point a to point b and have uh less of this sort of thing happening is that it, people look at it and they say it's either all one thing or all another thing and and they don't say they don't like identify that there's different factors that lead to different reasons why this so the same essentially the same thing happens but for for different reasons and under different circumstances and then and then it just then you just get into these really weird discussions that don't make any sense yeah I- the local Gannett outlet store had a list of Iowa school shootings. And I don't remember how far it back it went, but it included some that were, yes, someone was shot, but it was a suicide, like a suicide in the building. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't think of that as a school shooting. I think of that no. person who took their own life with a firearm in the building, but the ones like the ones that are like Perry. Uh, or they talk about like I would cons- like another one was uh, the Par- Appleton Parkersburg uh, right. coach who was murdered by the kid who was uh, a former student who had been uh, in and out of uh, mental he- health care situations. Right. That was the shooting that occurred at school. Uh, I would count that as a school shooting. But then right. again, there's no my, the bigger problem is there's no good objective data source on gun violence, whether it be at schools or anywhere, because 
Congress doesn't want that data kept because the NRA doesn't want that data kept and because keeping that data uh, doesn't further gun sales. We just have uh, no data. And so we have different little interest groups who have their data. There's a group that keeps mass shooting data, but you know, they've set that's so much suspect. Right. Well, in the way they, in the way they do it, unfortunately, because well it's intended. inconsistent. Yeah. 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 It's, I think they're well intentioned, but they've set their own rules right. for what it's supposed to be. And it's not, uh, it's not funded by everybody and it's not, uh, you know, it's not vetted in a in a sort of um, um, uh, what do you call it in sort of a scientific way, where it's like this is how we're going to qualify what is what, so that we can really parse this information and try to come to some sort of an you know yeah. a, a um, real a, a real place in, in in this discussion. So I think that um, the reason that our school was uh, on. Um, lockdown that day was because we have a no cell phones rule in class you're allowed to have your phone but you're not supposed to take it out during class and a student took their, their phone out during class and so this teacher called to have it taken away and a parent got very upset and said some things that shouldn't have been said and because of the policies you have to lock down the building and mm -hmm. and nobody went to jail nobody got arrested nobody even got it pat down so, i don't know this this is my inference based on the circumstances uh i know nothing about i don't know the individuals involved i don't know any of it all i know is i think that people uh, parents were on edge because mm -hmm. I had some questions to say, my mom's calling me right now. Can I step in? I was like, oh, just take it in the hallway. Uh, I think parents were on edge. And the idea that his daughter wouldn't have her cell phone if something were to happen was a big deal. In this mm -hmm. Maybe. Um, that's just me. Yeah, speculating. yeah it could be. Uh, and, the, and, you know, I'm sure that any police officer would say, look, um, everybody calling 911 isn't going to help the situation and uh everybody just make calling people and having random people come to the school uh is going to cause more problems too because that's more right. victims they're in the way of people who are trained to help that sort of thing that's not i'm not saying what you and sarah did was wrong i'm just saying no well and i'm not even sure I won't make, I'm, I can't tell you that it was the right thing to do either. I mean, yeah. it, it was, um, it was, uh, without really having a very good, um, feeling for anything, it felt like something we could do. And right. so. Right. And, and, you know, to our school's credit that there was an email to everybody from the principal that was put together by the district. This is what happened. This is why the building was locked down. No one was in any actual danger, you know. Uh, right. And <clears throat> it's fine. Um, but it's, it's, um, I don't want to say that it's, that it was scary because in my head, even though I didn't know what was going on, 
I know that the reasons we lock down the school are usually somebody's having a medical issue, like a kid with epilepsy is having a seizure. So mm-hmm. you say, okay, everybody stay in class for a little while while we get this cleared up because it's not helpful to have the hallways filled with ki- kids and you right know, when you're trying to give medical attention to somebody now yeah. filming stuff and right uh, whatnot uh just stay in the class for a few minutes while we figure out what's going on and the second thing is uh <clears throat> if it's not that then some student has come unglued like they've they've lost their composure for some reason. And again, because there's a behavior issue, it's better just to let staff deal with that than have everybody in the hall hyping it up. Because I have students who storm out of my room and call me names and swear and whatever. And then the kids get all, they want to, they want to hype it up. They want to get more. And uh, I always, you know, throw a wet blanket on that. I'm like, yeah, where are your essays? You know, this sort of thing. Uh, so it's better not to. So in my head, it didn't. It didn't even register with me that the Perry thing had just happened. I was more like, right. uh, "Okay, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> you know that that's happening." The kids. Some of the kids were worried, and uh, I was like, "I don't think there's anything to worry about because." They didn't tell us to take shelter. They just told us right. to, to, to like, stay in place. Right. Two things. Uh, those are most like the most likely issues. Uh, but the kids, some of the kids would talk about it and they'd be like, well, we had a lockdown one time and I was in the bathroom and I didn't know what to do. So I just hid in there. And I'm like, well, that was a pretty good idea. You know, I said, right. all things considered, it's better than going into the hallway if you're not sure what's going on. Uh, you know, uh, but <clears throat> I feel bad. I remember the first time we I led a school shootings drill. Or not, it wasn't a act. A, we don't call them active shooter drills. We call them internal threat drills. And we have protocols. And in my room, the kids have to go to a specific spot. And I, I got to lock the doors and I, the windows thing. Uh, and in my mind, I was like, oh yeah, this wasn't around when I was a kid, but do the things. And this kid, we turned the lights off. This kid crawls over on his hands and knees. He looked at me just like, Mr. Finney, is this real? Is this happening? Is this real? And I'm like, no, man, it's just a drill. Just relax. But he was really scared. Mm-hmm. And I really felt bad for him because <clears throat> I have not lived a life where that was like a possibility for me like right where that was in my like we've talked about this before we both went to the same high school and i remember years later like 20 years later learning that a person we went to school with she, she told me like oh yeah i used to sell coke i had no idea <laughs> I had no idea uh and i i remember it to, even when we were in school people saying like oh i could get drugs you know in passing time and i'm like i wouldn't even know we know where to start so it's all just in in your experience and i'd never had i never lived it i didn't you know you and i were not in a gang i mean unless you count ken kybers (laughs) who's by far 
the most dangerous one of us all because he's an actual park ranger right right so, uh, <laughs> uh he, he knows he all his of game. the knots and all of the knives so yeah uh, and and probably a pretty healthy use of an axe um and <laughs> so there wasn't but we didn't you know we didn't just roll in such a way that uh that there were these things that hung over us that do hang over some of our kids even yeah. i'm not saying any of my students are gang members because i don't think that they are but they but i've had students who've had family members killed in gun violence and mm -hmm. not like at perry but in other kinds of gun violence right it wasn't a part of my growing up like there were other things that were unsettling but you know i just never worried about uh being uh being shot or even the idea that i or could, even being in danger in the school right i mean when i was younger before i came to to des moines uh i worried about bullies uh but i didn't even have really any problem with that uh, in des moines schools uh like bullying it never came up for me i hope that i didn't practice it um but i look back and think about things i said to certain people i think well i may have i should have probably not said those things but you can't live your life like that either like when you're an adolescent you do dumb stuff but um yeah it just wasn't the idea of dying at school was never on my mind and right. I believe that that has changed for a good number of Americans, but it may have already been a reality for some of our classmates, and we weren't aware of that. Uh, that's possible. Yeah. I I don't know about our class. Certainly other places in town may have had more, uh, a higher level of possibility of that than maybe we did, but... But even at that, I don't. It, it, well, I don't know that it was something that was a at school kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I, so uh, the the hardest thing is, it's a tragedy. There's no possible way to say anything that um, changes it, and um, and it's and every time it happens, it's horrific, and there's. And you wish that there was something that you could say that would make it all better or that would bring peace to people or comfort or, you know, whatever. And it's just, it's kind of always the, the same, just horrible thing, you know? Um, uh, and even the way that we talk about it, like in the way that we offer sympathy has been kind of ruined by dialogue, by political dialogue, because, uh, a few years ago, I don't know how many, but people started attacking the statement thoughts and prayers. And uh, I didn't understand that. I understand that they're angry and that they want these kinds of things to stop and that they want a solution and they believe that there's a solution uh, through either gun control or government or whatever. But I also think like thoughts and prayers, we shouldn't dump them. Like, I feel like thoughts and prayers, there's a legitimate 
there, there's a that's a legitimate offering of because what do we got if, right if you're a religious person you have prayers and if you're a if you're non-religion prayers you offer your thoughts your sympathies your concerns if you know someone personally intimately you might call and say how can i help your family or may i bring you something or mm -hmm. you know whatever but to dump on that i think is wrong-headed uh because what you just and then i understand the argument is like some people are just saying hey look at me well i didn't go on twitter and say thoughts and prayers but if right. but i i like my friend who who had family who was there i did contact her by text and said i'm really sorry that your family had to go through this and be witness to this mm -hmm. and you know i just want you to know i'm thinking about you and you know left it at that because that's absolutely all that i can do like right. I, can't, I can't make them unwitness it i can't I, I mean i would if i could but i can't you know i just think dumping on the idea of thoughts and prayers is just just as bad as i think there's all kinds of terrible things that happen adjacent to the actual horrific act like the news media shows up. This is horrible for any reason because uh, the news media runs on fear and anger and not all of it, but a good majority of it. So even when the local stations are trying to be uh, gentle with the topic, they're still reporting nothing because mm -hmm. the amount of facts that are available are very small and that happened at like just before eight uh last week and it ended and they didn't have a press conference till like 3 45 so they had a few facts that's all they mm -hmm. had and they got to the uh <clears throat> end of the and then even at that part of the day, they didn't have the number of people who were injured correct. Uh, it was more than that. And it took like a day or a day and a half until we knew that. But there's a new show at noon and there's a new show at four and 4.30 and five and uh, six and 10. And you've got to have information. So you report things like, like they had one one of the stations had a reporter outside one of the hospitals and was like well helicopters and flying out and in all day of course we don't know if they're really they probably weren't there was one person helicoptered out there uh the rest of the time is just regular medical call emergency calls like the helicopters are usually pretty busy mm -hmm. uh, and but it, that's like a faux fact. Like you're making it sound like you're reporting something that's related to this, but it's not. And so, you know, you made it sound like there's this huge triage when it was, you know, seven people injured, which is a lot. But we definitely have a healthcare system that can handle that in our metro. So it's always just little things like that. Or like it's, it's like observations, right? Like, well, there's a flock of birds in the tree. 
Now, yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do with this or not, but it's been there all day, you know, I like, was, okay. You I know. was reading a story in the Gannett Outlet store and it had a phrase in it that I thought that it just, it, you know, you read something, you're like, that's not quite right. And the, the, the phrase was comma, uh, it was about school shootings, uh, comma, an all too common reality of school for schools or something like that. And I remember thinking, what's the point of saying that? Like, there's no fact there. That's not a fact. Right. It's, not, it's not actually that common. I'm not saying that the thing in Perry wasn't a big deal and it wasn't horrible and that you shouldn't have done your very best to tell that story respectfully and accurately, as you should with every story. But what, it just feels like you're putting your thumb on it. You're trying to make me more afraid or more angry and that's not necessary. The event yeah. will either make me that or it won't. Stop trying to tell me something. And then it sounds like you're saying something that's a fact, which is in fact an opinion. It's not right. even that well informed. Which doesn't belong in a news article to begin with, unless somebody else is saying it, right? Yeah. I mean, but... the other thing that bothered me is everybody did this. The national news, the local news. They started asking the political candidates, like, oh, the caucuses are soon. What do the Republicans think about this? Well, I can fucking tell you what the Republicans thought about it. Uh, it's a state issue. Uh, it's, uh, it's mental health. It's whatever. They're not going to just come out and bomb the NRA uh, because one tragic thing, this tragic thing happened while they happened to be in the neighborhood. The, the, also, can we just save this debate for 10 minutes? Like maybe tomorrow we'll talk about this issue, whether it's a gun control issue. I don't know if it's even been revealed how this individual, the, the shooter came into the possession of these guns, whether he bought them legally or what. All I'm saying is the news should help us in these situations. And I don't feel like it does. All right, let's do funny stuff. Next segment. Sorry for that. Just had to talk about it. I'm going to get a drink and then just water. Relax. And I'll be right back. And
I'll use the universal greeting. Universal greeting? Watch, I'll have an idiot out of my hand. Ba weep grana weep ninibong. Ba weep grana weep ninibong. Ba weep grana to the roof. Flash the bat signal. Yes, sir. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Welcome to Talking Paragraph. I'm your host, the old paragraph stacker, Daniel Finney. And with us on the other end of the Zoom call is the world's least dangerous bearded man, co-host, Tyler. Uh, what is up, man? I don't want to, I wouldn't say I'm the least dangerous, but I'm nearly the least dangerous. <laughs> I'm close. All right. But there's got to be some guys who are bearded who are less dangerous than me. I mean, there's probably some comatose guys who they don't shave on a regular. Right. Yeah. Or, you know. Least dangerous conscious individual. <laughs> All right. Today we have ESPN apologizes for showing video of woman flashing breasts during Sugar Bowl contest. Hy-Vee's recipe for floral ice cubes. Well, that was in Hy-Vee. That was Hy-Vee, man. Your your <laughs> your first employer. That's right. Boy beats Tetris. In this second segment, will we return to nonsense topics that will be way less heavy and much more uh amusing hopefully hopefully so tyler i'm over at dad's house bob's house yeah i try to stop by many times a week as i can and uh he's got the you know hy puts out this lovely monthly magazine oh yeah yeah i've seen it comes, that. it comes in the mail I don't, I don't like the recycle bin is right next to the mailbox. And so a high 90th percentile of my mail just goes straight from the mailbox into there. Um, <clears throat> Oddly, my wife puts it on the table. Everything that comes, she puts on the table at my spot where we eat, including things that there's no possible way I'm ever going to look at. Like, <laughs> the, like the Ulta Beauty magazine thing that comes out like whatever their brochure is like i don't i'm never gonna open this thing but 
maybe maybe you should and it would improve your christmas gift giving or it, it, it could yeah i don't know i rely on lida to help me get over to the pick up the right stuff when i'm in there okay that's good that was a good idea to have two daughters to help you with that yeah yeah well planned. so this one which came out a few weeks ago is valentine's theme you know fine so there's floral mixes and all kinds of you know i think there might be recipes in there I'd, i've never really looked at this. but because i was sitting at bob's house and he doesn't have the internet uh or cable uh, uh sure <laughs> I, I i forgot to bring my own book to read i i picked this up and i paged through it and i fall on this little nugget floral ice cubes place individual miniature roses inside each compartment of an ice cube tray completely cover roses with distilled water then freeze overnight or until ice cubes are solid remove from the tray and use ice cubes to fill a chilling bucket then add a bottle of sparkling wine or champagne champagne yeah that's like as if the champagne itself probably isn't you know enough even if you don't get the high the high you know expensive one all those roses are going to cost you a pretty penny well yeah that's easily the most expensive iso <clears throat> on earth but here's what i'm thinking about <clears throat> what does ice do when it melts? Turn, turns to water. Right. right. So now you're just going to have uh, a bunch of dead flowers floating around in water inside your, you know, half drunk bottle of champagne and or sparkling wine. Yeah, because I can tell you from what I know about roses, they don't like the cold. Just to... You know, even in the news bullet in front of anybody. Even the picture, which I assume is adjusted as necessary for publication, meaning Photoshop. Uh, even in the picture, it doesn't really look that pleasant. It actually looks kind of sad. Like here's this once beautiful thing, frozen in blocks of ice. And and the next the other thing. Not to get political here, but it but in a few years, when you know, if if the environmental concerns are correct, and I have no reason to believe that it, many of them are not, won't people look at this kind of shit and being like, did you did you have to use the energy necessary to freeze flowers for your one day little greeting card celebration? Did was that absolutely <laughs> necessary? I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, honey, here, this expresses my joy for you that I think you have a heart of ice because that's where I put these these flowers. It just doesn't seem very warm and and inviting, you know. You must like sleeping in that basement. I just feel like it, I feel like one, uh, Sarah, your wife, who is. I'm saying that for the viewer, the listeners, not uh, not you. I assume you know who your wife is. 
uh, is I, I just I I don't think I think they look creepy. I, to me, it just I don't think this says uh, love. I think this says wasted money. Like, well, and I guarantee you that anybody who does this and doesn't know what they're doing, it ain't gonna look even anything re remotely like what's what's in this photo, because those are those are clear cubes, and that's hard to do. Well, they filled water. Well, even at that, there's a there's a trick to it, and they didn't bother to share that with you. So, what's the trick? Uh, you got to get them to freeze from the bottom up, or at least freeze where the air can get out, because uh -huh. you know. How so does one do that with regular ice cubes? Well, that's a good question. I See, read something online about it, but it's 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 not like you like like I don't know who has a freezer space to do something like that, right? But I mean, I can move that turkey dinner I bought during the pandemic uh, because I thought we that was the only turkey I was going to get because of, nobody could gather. But Joyce ended up bringing food by anyway because awesome right no i it's, i can yeah, move that's that a disaster or murray curry to one side and try to make something happen here or uh how about i just give them the flowers <laughs> i mean you know. uh yeah or 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 and i'm just uh, i'm spitballing here or uh how about a cold beer just you know uh you know yeah or, well know your spouse before you do I that keep, but yeah can i keep the yeah I, uh, can i just keep the champagne in the fridge is that wrong is that incorrect know. do i have to have one of these silver buckets with it just it seems like taking the the game of valentine's which I'm not, I'm not married, nor do I have a significant other. So I don't have to worry about any stuff. Like people are always like, are you feel lonely on Valentine's day? I'm like, not really any more than any of the other days. It's just, you know, I'm actually relieved because. One, you have to spend that I, money. Right. I, what One, I would never be the kind of partner or I would never pick the kind of partner who would get really obsessed with this kind of stuff because it's not important. Like one of the things that uh, this is bordering on being serious when we were trying to be funny, but one of the things that I learned after Joyce's death is I really started to study or pay attention to things I already knew about their, she and Bob's marriage. And one of the things I noticed, it was never about these grand gestures. Like they did nice things for each other all the time as a matter of daily doing business. But this, this stuff, they would never do this stuff. You know, like they would celebrate their um, engagement day, which was on Groundhog's Day, 1975 or 76, one of the two. And they would just go to the park and they would have like a little picnic and then they would come home. But I guarantee you there were no floral ice cubes flying around at that big bucket of ice. 
no Major D. Almost certain there was no alcohol involved at all, uh, even in their younger days. So out comes the lobster tail and the yeah that they've had lobster, but not they went the to escargot. Yeah, no, I tried to get them to eat escargot when I lived in Omaha, and we went to a, a fancy restaurant and. I ordered it and she wouldn't, they wouldn't touch it because it was snail. It, you don't taste the snail. It's just cheese and mostly just cheese. Uh, but anyway, floral ice cubes, ladies and gentlemen, from High V. Uh, keep, keep it in mind for your Valentine's Day celebration. So that both. That was almost certainly somebody who had, who had a photographic thought in mind. And not somebody who actually really bought into it. They're like, well, it'll look pretty. Let's just let's just do it. I I feel like it be, looks better on AI than it does in uh reality, which is yeah. maybe most things. So uh the sugar bowl, which took place uh on New Year's Day, uh, which I didn't even know they still had college football games on New Year's Day, at least not those of them. Uh, but ESPN is doing their crowd shots. Now, I don't know what's changed from when I was a student, almost everything. But I remember being allowed in the the trucks that they used to do the Drake Relays broadcast. Now, keep in mind, like, a, uh, as you know, uh, from your broadcasting career, there's a local coverage of an event which involves at the most four cameras at the most usually one or two uh but they had one person who was on like getting crowd shots mm -hmm. and that person was a pervert because they're always looking for the best looking girls in the crowd yeah, I was the Drake relay, so everyone was freezing to death, and it was snowing most of the time. So they they were all dressed in their North faces, and I guess it was Nautica. It was Nautica back then, so right, right. Uh, and had their stocking caps on. So who knows? But I I assume that there's a similar person or persons, or probably a whole truck dedicated to this, to find amusing scenes in the crowd. Uh. And, oh, you, go ahead. Did you read the story? Enlighten us, Tyler. No, so these were these were their B-roll shots when they're going down Beale Street. Oh, well, that's Beale Street. <laughs> what what do you expect yeah. to happen on Beale Street? Well, so so what they did was they got these shots going down Beale Street, right? They got for like I don't know, like five minutes of this, right? Because they're just plopping it in between, you know, things. Nobody looked at it. And uh, they kind of got a got a little uh, something they weren't expecting. Uh, but I mean, you're on Beale Street; you probably should be watching out for that. But that's just me, you know. Uh, I, I guess I misread that. I thought that it it was somebody at the game. I I did too, and I was thinking, oh, because uh, because my my daughter made a comment when we were watching the game, I had my back to it. We were playing Scrabble and she goes, put your shirt on. And I thought, Oh my gosh, did she see something that, but I think she was just talking about the guys who had their chest painted with 
Texas or whatever. <laughs> uh, a correction: this the Sugar Bowl is in New Orleans, and yeah. Beale Street is in. Oh no! It's right, right, right. Bourbon Street. Uh, sorry, 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 sorry. All right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. They're both filled with debauchery and blue, but even more so in 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 uh, New Orleans. Right. I mean, I mean, those people live a minute from death all the time. They're below sea level. They are the lost city of Atlantis, or will be one day. But uh, I, I just uh, I live for anything that makes me remember. Uh, one of the best leads I ever wrote that was never published. Uh, I was working in St. Louis at the time of the Janet Jackson incident. Oh my! During the Super Bowl, whatever that was, two thousand four, I think, maybe two thousand three. I I don't remember. Anyway, I Too was long ago. The TV critic was off. And the person who does sports TV was off, but I was, uh, I was there and another buddy of mine was working in features. So they asked us to do a story. So we did a story and I, I wrote the lead, which was, uh, the halftime show at, uh, during the, whatever number Super Bowl it was, uh, gave new meaning the terms boob tube this did not meet did, with, did not fly huh did not meet editorial approval the the powers that be excised that uh that lead but it was so they come back to your desk and say that dog don't hunt uh, i just turned it in left i, I mean I, oh. I get paid whether they run what i wrote or not so uh i got edited huh? they just they changed it to whatever this was when i worked in features and they the news people in st louis always thought features was like you know the shit on their shoe uh but news people always wanted jobs and features because we got to do fun stuff and so it it was one of those things like well these people don't know how to handle serious news even though some of us had been police reporters and other things earlier in our career uh they just whatever anyway turn turn their nose up at you but darn it if i could take that job i would yeah yeah it was a weird it was a weird time in my life because i remember um getting the job and i was an outside candidate but there were a, at least a couple of people who were either younger than me or relatively the same age as me who had serious disdain for me that I was unaware of because I had gotten this job and they didn't, and they just didn't think I was doing the job the way it should be done. Uh, but they kept paying me. So I thought, well, it must not be a problem, you know? Uh, but eh, what can you do? Uh, <clears throat> Sometimes. So this is a story I was actually excited about. Uh, this 13-year-old kid in Stillwater, Oklahoma, where, you know, the only thing to do when you're not rooting for Oklahoma State, which I don't know why anyone would do that, is, you know, play video games. This kid, Willis Gibson, 
a bespeckled young boy defeated Tetris. Tetris is one of those old enough, is a game that's old enough that it has a kill screen. Like modern games, they have you can play them until your eyes bleed. You know, they have storylines and uh, what do they call it? Free roam or uh, whatever. I don't know. I can't. I can't. Side afford- missions. Uh, no, it's like you have a map and you can just wander around and not do the story, but you can go around and kill people. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, there's a term for it that I uh, can't remember. Uh, I there was a Hulk game that I played, a Spider-Man and a Hulk game. Not open in- world. Yeah, and I the Spider-Man game. I just did that. I didn't even play the stories. I was just like la la la, swinging around New York. You know, I'd try to swing across the Roosevelt Bridge to Roosevelt Island or swing over to catch it, land on a ferry and ride over to the Statue of Liberty. Hey, you know, or like climb up to the top of the Empire State Building because I could. You know, I did those things. Uh, you know, with a computer graphics. Uh, off track here. Tetris, uh, which is had this weird resurgence in popularity there was a documentary about the weird way in which it became a uh american came into the american computer market because it was invented by some russian software engineer Mm -hmm. Uh, they've made a documentary about this that's very bizarre because everything that involves importing something from russia especially in post-cold war or near post-cold war russia uh is uh involves like a lot of bribery and chicanery and whatnot nonetheless this kid got to the kill screen now this is famous in like old old video games like pac-man and uh donkey kong and stuff you can play you can play the games forever and ever until you reach a point when you uh the computer can't go any farther with it the program reaches crashes because it can't do anymore i don't know enough to know about computer program to understand why that is uh, maybe y2k who knows i don't know anyway this kid in like 38 minutes or so reached the uh 999 1999 point tally in the like the 150 some level uh and crashed the game and he's believed to be the 18th level i'm sorry uh he is believed to be the only person to have ever done this the first person to have ever done this uh so there's two things that i'm excited about here one People are still playing Tetris, which is awesome. Uh, two, it's a young kid. Because I would have been turned off of the story if it was like some, you know, guy our age who was just doing this, you know. Because then I would just, it would have been another sad story. Like, oh, <laughs> you know, you poor bastard. <laughs> like, you know. And uh, this is coming from a guy who has, you know, all of this shit in his house. So, you know, 
<laughs> I have I have an actual Gal Gadot Wonder Woman standee in my apartment. But I don't have any kids, so no one's hurt by this but me. Uh, anyway, I am glad that it's just a little kid who was screwing around and did something fun. Because there are these people who, like, have you ever heard of, like, the Fast Mario Brothers or whatever it's called? Speedruns. They do speedruns. Yeah. yeah. They figured out a way to get through Mario Brothers, the or Super Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. fast as possible with scoring like scoring points is gets in the way you're just trying to get to the end you do all the shortcuts and whatever i never beat that game that game gave me anxiety because you had to pick put your pixel in the right spot just to jump make certain jumps and i it just i i always fell to my death and it was just too much yeah when when you got to the eighth level it was like what is this yeah you, you could shortcut there and it was and then you're like well there's a reason why I'm not here. (laughs) Well, these guys have got it figured out. Like they can, and it's down to like two minutes or less that they beat the whole game, which people our age who played it the first time took them months to do. There was always a kid who, who was super smart and got it at Christmas and had it solved by like December 26th, you know, but that was the one kid. Yeah, it uh, takes me two minutes to get through the first level. I mean, the like one one. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I didn't. I, I don't like the idea. Of, I like. I don't like the idea of speed Mario, Super Mario, because I like getting as many points as I can. Like I like, like my favorite thing is breaking the bricks with my head. Mm-hmm. Like it's an actual superpower, I wish I had. I would like to be able to hit a metal box and have a, a giant star come out and then be able to shoot fire from my hands. I would like yeah, to. Have, yeah. So that was fun for me. Uh, on the other hand, I didn't want to be in those realms where they had the giant counterclockwise firearms spinning yeah. around very slowly. I didn't want any how, part about of the, how about giant bullets flying through the air that somehow you have to like either land on just right or die? but the giant here's the thing about the giant bullets i have i have some kind of affection on them because they're a giant bullet like they look like a they're about the size of like a you know honda but they've got like a smiley face pasted on them with like evil eyes and they're just sort of moving along like they're merging into traffic on i-235 at about (laughs) 445 in the afternoon just a you know a decent clip but not not too fast definitely at 40 mph or lower and, and then all you do is just they're not you jump on it and it falls off the screen and you're like yeah that's how you defeat bullets you know uh it was the matrix before the matrix existed right <laughs> yeah yeah that was the original bullet time i uh, I think about that there was a, there's this uh, internet uh, joke people, I don't know, it was called Dorkly. And they, they take, they create 8-bit or uh, cartoons, animation. And they do one with Mario uh, where they, they take whatever the ba- main bad guy is, Bowser, is that it? Yeah, yeah. 
And Bowser goes to his weapons maker. He's like, what's with these bullets, man? It's like, what do you mean? He's like, they move super slow and the guy can just jump over them or on them. And it, like, it's, they're not effective. And he's like, well, that's just how bullets. Are. And so then Bowser takes like, like a gun and shoots the guy. And he's like, and the guy's, you know, rolling around the floor crying. And he's like, that's how a bullet works. Like, make me these kind of bullets. So the next time, next scene, you see Mario on the like some ship where they're shooting these at him, and he's like, "Oh, my old friend Bullet Bill," and he just get mauled by a uh, a flurry of you know bullets. This is all, by the way, on a computer where no one has actually harmed people. So stop getting mad at me. It's all going to be cut out now. Anyway, the Tetris kid did good. Yeah, because. I remember Tetris because we never played that in the journalism room at East High, never. as I recall. Never happened. You might have played it because you got a C. But... That's, right. That's right. I'm pretty sure I played it the least of anybody. The A uh, students play, didn't play it. I'm sure I oh, I, <laughs> I, You know, when I played it the most was whenever Ed was talking. I was like, oh, come on. Can we just can we just go to write and lay out this thing? Do we need do we need to have this daily talk? I think I played Risk more than, than Tetris. I tried to play Minesweeper. Boy, talk about a a an uh, anxiety inducing game. Like I know there's it's a math game. Yeah. Like you put your flag up and you're supposed to figure out <clears throat> based on that how many squares around the thing is there could be another minor i i never knew so i always just picked the very first one and if i blew up there i was like well that's you know like i guess that was never meant to be but minesweeper got played a lot and and solitaire got played a lot yeah solitaire got played a lot uh i can actually remember being in other classes thinking boy i wish i could play solitaire right now (laughs) that's that's how much solitaire got played. <laughs> I wish on I a was, Mac. Yeah, on, on a Mac, Mac uh, and with black and white screens. I might. That's have. right. That's, That's right. These were, these were not like the kinds. Whatever solitaire game you've played on your phone, has not been was was way way better than what was on a <laughs> Mac, which probably had like a J for a Jack, and that's it. You know. Yeah. We're not talking about the modern Mac. We're talking about 1991, 92 Macs. You know, Macintosh 2SE. 2SE. Wow, is that what we used? I well, I I think so because they were. I, don't, I think blocks, yeah. I, I don't think there were any power Macs. So <clears throat> uh, maybe that one on the end that we actually did the layout with. <laughs> that one, that one was a beast at the time. Yeah, yeah, it's time. So. Tetris apparently is the the uh, version of Tetris that uh, is popularly available from EA Sports. It's in the game. Uh, it is the third best selling game of all time. Probably soon to be the second best now that this news is broke right well maybe uh because 
this, the number one is is uh, Minecraft, which we, is off the charts. Yeah, it's a me. It's an insane amount of sales. I would say exactly what they are, but I can't. I don't have my glasses on, and I can't read. Two hundred and thirty-eight million. Right. Oh so no! Wait. Yeah. Number yeah, two yeah. is Grand Theft Auto Five, which came out like in two thousand twenty-one or or two thousand. 13. 13. 13. Yeah. 150 million. Huh? 150 million. And then Tetris is what? 100 million. And that came, that, that EA version came out in 2000, what? Six. Right. So that, I was surprised like Madden wasn't on the list, but I guess Madden changes every single year. Yeah. You, can, you can't count, like, you can't count it as, uh, you know what? A, right, because it's not the same one every time. Super Mario Brothers, though, is number five, six. Well, that makes sense though, because uh, because you know everybody who got a Nintendo in 1985, they got that game. Fifty-eight million. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh. Pac-Man is on there too, the Pac-Man version for Nintendo or whatever. Down at down at number, what is that? 15, 14? I, I'm literally uh, 11. 11, yeah. Uh, I, and unfortunately, Animal Crossing comes in at 15, but we won't talk about that. What is Animal Cross? Uh, it's sort of like a well, let me let me game. first ask, let me ask a control question, Tyler, because we both like our jobs, or at least we need them. Uh, is this anything that may be problematic? No, it's just a it's just a weird game. It's like you, you take these animals and you like, I think you, you cross them with one another, and you get these other animals. Oh, I don't know. So it's an abomination against God. Well, that's no problem. <laughs> uh, and, and maybe I'm completely wrong because uh, like I've never played it. But I think that's what it is, and I don't, I don't know. It's very pop. It's been Animal very Crossing is a social simulation video game series developed by Nintendo. That doesn't help me. Uh, <clears throat> that was very specific. The this is a human who lives in a village inhabited by various anthropomorphic animals and can do various activities like fishing, insect catching. And fossil hunting. I, I'm near suicidal just reading this. The series is notable for its open-ended gameplay and use of the video game console's internal clock and calendar to simulate the real passage of time. So it's a sim game of some sort. I don't know. I'm already bored by this. I, I can't believe that this many people have played this. This yeah. feels this feels almost as bad. As you remember when Tetris or you remember when Facebook was really big into games and every every friend you on Facebook was like, Hey, come play farm with me. Oh yeah. yeah I don't no. want to play farm with me. Stop throwing sheep at me, stop poking me, and and stop with the farm thing. I don't want a garden in real life, let alone yeah. a fake garden on my phone. Stop. <laughs> So, another game we played a lot of was Sim City, as I recall. Yeah. That on was the, on those Macs. Yeah. That was different. 
because you could do some really cool stuff with that. And then have Godzilla come through your city. Yes. <laughs> Sim, the original Sim City, you could get built up so you were building these huge futuristic buildings and highways and bypasses and airports and all of this stuff. And then when you had gotten it to be like something that was that you could truly be proud of, you pulled down on one of the menus is like natural disaster tornado. Nah. That's fine. That's but we've seen tornadoes. That's not very, you know. Earthquake. Earthquake. Earthquake was bad, but it only just you know, you know, fire department could handle that. But then you could have a, a monster attack. You go to a monster, <laughs> then Godzilla would come in and just smash everything, and it was worth it. Like weeks, months of time went in by multiple people to build stuff and connect sewers and all this tedious stuff and. And uh, people even back then were to find, uh, somehow able to find cheat codes. So you got maximum amounts of money to spend on infrastructure and policing. Uh, and then you had the monster come and destroy the whole town. And that made it worth it. That was what building Legos was. That was what playing blocks was. You know, you bought this, you created this so that the monster could come destroy it. Yeah. You know. And they hit, but it was funny because you were like, they'd say there's a monster. You're like, oh, where's it at? And you start moving around your city. Like, where's it starting at? Where's it coming in? And it would just like make its way through, you know, like. Yeah. I think the camera would find it eventually like this. And then and they'd be like, oh, man. Yeah. And then if, let's see. Then if it got to your power plant. Then it, I remember then it that went. still had spinning newspapers to update you. Um, yeah. Like what was happening? like, it, you know, like monster attacks and then like the mayor's popularity would be in the tank like they had anything to do with this monster attack wasn't the mayor's fault it's a monster attack that of is course. clearly the result of federal government nuclear testing as no <laughs> one followed the godzilla narrative you know uh you're it's you know, bad it must be the government's fault right? they were blasting you on the conservative radio talk shows it was ugly uh yeah i don't know how any of us got through school at all with the amount of time that we wasted uh on this kind of stuff which leads me to believe maybe it wasn't that hard harder than it was today but that's just me uh it's all a matter of perspective yeah. we had parents who were paying attention uh so yeah yeah yeah. Even at we were, I don't think, and I, I don't mean to, to brag on it. I don't think we were the kind of kids who had a mind to get into certain kinds of trouble. Like we weren't stealing beer from dolls. Right. Right. Uh, right. And we, we made were, fun of those people, but we did. And we weren't. We weren't putting uh, high octane fuel in our arms and setting on fire. Right. Or right. dealing coke. We weren't doing any of these things. It's Nor not, did we have any desire to do any of those. No, things. none of that. I mean, the, we had some rigorous pickup basketball games that sometimes resulted in injury. Right, right. Because uh, I wasn't good at anything, but I could back a motherfucker up with my big ass and try it for a layup. That's all I was good at. Uh, and but anyway, so because of that, there was just there were there were not as many incidents. 
not as many incidents. Yeah. Well, this was modestly amusing, which is the most that we can hope to get for out of a segment like this. So I say to you, my friend Tyler and Ames, the least bearded or the least dangerous bearded man in a bearded beast. I'm going to get this right someday. Behave and be kind, my friend. I will talk to you soon. All right. Later, buddy. Well, I guess we can close the file on that one.